bless him for his mercy. Bless him for his faithfulness. Because he is good. No matter what the circumstances or situation in life may seem to be, God is for us and not against us. I'm going to share a message this morning. And it really ties into that song. I don't think I've ever heard that song before. I don't think I've ever... Uh, Tara, thank you, wherever it came from. I, I had, but it really ties in with today's message. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, uh, um, anybody in this room besides me have a tendency to be negative? <laughs> Come on. Anybody in this room have, uh, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, you better be nice. He's cooking you dinner today, this week. Huh? I'll see you laying in the back room, backyard foaming in the mouth. I mean, she got you with something. But, but can I be honest with you? It's really hard not to go there. It's really not hard to be that place because what happens is we have a tendency to, 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 to focus on the negativity and the bad things and the, the negative thoughts and, and not the goodness of who God is. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, not this church because this church is perfect. If lightning strikes, I want Wayne to help him out. But I see this growing trend in churches that we only come to church to get something from God. Hey, man, my life is not good. I need something. Let me show up. Right? Uh, hey, God, you know, I thought we were tight, but... But, but things are a struggle right now, and, and so, God, I'm going to come to church on Sunday, and I'm going to ask you for something. I'm coming to your house. Say trick or treat. And, and, I, and I really believe that, that, that we, we miss the understanding of why we're supposed to come to church, why we're supposed to gather as a body. For, forget the, the, the four walls of the building, but as a, as a, as a group of people, there, there's this invitation that we so much miss. Right? I, you, you missed it. It's an invitation. What he's saying is what? If I invite someone to my house, I want them to come to my house. Why? How many just had a negative thought? Come on, somebody did. Anybody just have a negative thought? I think by me inviting people into my house, I don't have the gift of hospitality. And most of them I feel like I have to invite them because that's what I'm supposed to do, not because that's what I want to do. But, but what I'm getting at is that there's this invitation that, that's constantly going out through Scripture where God is inviting us just to do one thing, and that is to meet with him. And we, we, we hear this, we hear, I hear it, maybe I'm, maybe because I'm a pastor and at Thanksgiving and different times and seasons, I, I had a reflection. Uh, I, when I first got saved, there was a, a, a black pastor named Helen Lockwood in Berlin, and she was at St. John's and on Flower Street, and, and uh, these, uh, forgive me, I'm going to use some terminology that only a few people in this room will understand. They used to hoop it up, Right? You all know how to do it? This song? Enter his course with thanksgiving and praise? You don't do that, Amy? Man, these people, they, you know, I mean, they, they get clapping, they start marching down the aisle, and, and there was this big processional into the, into the church, and we enter his house with thanksgiving and praise. I mean, and look, man, they, they were shouting, at the, right? I mean, I'm not saying that we have to be emotional like that. But, but there was something about the way they came in, understanding that God was inviting them where? Come on. If you don't come to church with understanding that God's inviting you into a place of intimacy, you're missing the understanding of why we meet. I know you don't come to hear me speak because Dwayne informed me of that earlier today. But I want to look at the scripture, and, and we won't be long. We're going to take communion. Um, I, I'm trying to keep this positive and upbeat. It is Thanksgiving. So if you have your Bibles, go to Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. 
Can someone bring a thermometer to check her temperature? Because she's got to be sick. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Ray, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard this priest at Thanksgiving, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know why I never picked this up, and maybe I'm a little slow, as some people would say, Wayne. I didn't say you did, I'm just saying I'm coming to agreement with a thought process you just had. <laughs> right? I'm just trying to lighten it up a little bit. Ray, it says, enter into, which is an invitation into what? Into what? No. Enter into his gates. What is gates in reference to? The what? The sanctuary. In the Old Testament, it was the, the temple. You have to understand that when, when they're writing this, they're writing this from this Old Testament, they're writing this from, from an old, uh, the, the, the temple understanding. Was, there was a place called the, the gates. And you entered into the gates, and there's where Jesus turned over the tables with the money changers, right? So, so that was kind of like, how I want to put it, you're in, the, you're in the door, but you're not real close, right? And so, so what happens is there's this, there's this understanding that, that there's different levels. There's the, the gate, which is a common courtyard, and then there's the, the, the inner part of the courts, and then there's the Holy of Holies. You guys understand that? So there's, there's a transition that almost anybody can come into the gates. And it says when you enter the gates, enter the gates with thanksgiving. So what this is telling me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that even the most common people should enter in a place where God is with a heart of, wow, what is thanksgiving? Ready? Someone said it first. The very first word they said was what? Gratitude. That, 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 we should, that we should enter into the gates with a heart of gratitude. We, 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 we should enter in saying, God, I am so grateful for who you are. I'm so grateful that you love me. I'm so grateful that you've blessed me. I'm so grateful that, that you've, in, you've invited me into the temple. Does that make sense? How many of us come to church with a heart of gratitude? How many of us come begrudgingly most times? I won't look. How many of us come because that's what we're supposed to do on Sunday? I won't look again. You're going to hurt my feelings. Right? But, but what God is saying is, listen to me, even the common people should come in and acknowledge me and, and be thankful because, because without, without that we have absolutely what? Nothing. There, there's this desire for intimacy. God didn't check their IDs when they came in. He didn't say, you're allowed in, you can't come in. He's like, everyone come in. Every, there's this invitation to, to come to this place of intimacy. There's this invitation to, to, to get close to the, to the Holy One who created us. It was ready, coming into the, to the, to the, the temple, even, even in the gates, was an act of worship. That our hearts should be, hey, God, I could be anywhere today, but today you've called me into this place where I have the ability to meet with you, God. I thank you. My heart is so full. Yes, things on the outside might not be the best, but, but God, my heart is full because I understand your love and compassion and your invitation to intimacy. God, I'm so grateful. The holy God. Would embrace someone like me.
I miss it. I don't come in with a heart of gratitude or an attitude of gratitude. Anybody ever hear us saying that? I've got to have an attitude of gratitude. Ready? It's not something you feel. Ready? Forgive me. Sometimes it's something you have to what? Put on. You have to choose to put it on. You have to choose to, to say, hey, no matter what, I'm going I'm to shake off the grave clothes, right? I'm going to shake off the dirtiness, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to choose to put on a heart. Ready? That's the part of the problem is we don't think we have anything to do with our relationship with God, that God does it all. And what happens is we have the ability to get away, with it, get away from the negative, nasty thinking and say, I'm going to choose to put on this morning. I'm going to choose to put on every day, not just this morning, every day. Every moment you go meet with God, it's a holy moment. And if we come in with a, with a heart of gratitude, no matter how challenging things may be. And then what it says, and again, I don't know why I didn't pick this up before with a demonstration in the temple, but it says, and then enter his courts with praise, ready? So we go from the outer courts, and then we're getting a little closer, and he says, some of you aren't going to be able to do what? Not everyone got into the courts of praise. And only the high priest got into the Holy of Holies, and some of them didn't make out so well. If you ever read your, if you ever read your, your scriptures, right? Because they weren't clean and they weren't holy enough. So when it says, now, now I'm going to invite you into a deeper place of what? Intimacy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right? We're gonna go a little bit deeper into the heart work of who I've created you to be. We're, we're gonna go to this place of the, the inner courts, man, where, where now you're beginning to see all the things that God really desires. And He says, enter that place with praise. What is praise? Exuberant thanksgiving. What is praise? Acknowledging the goodness. What is praise? Celebration. What is praise? Come on, keep going. Just, it, it's all these. What is praise? Okay. What is, what is praise? Let's keep going. A hymn or a song. Right? Come in with a with a hymn or a song, and, and you say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't know if I believe that, but, but, but Scripture in Psalms says, it says, come to him with songs of hymn and songs of praise. Does it not? Well, Pastor, I can't sing. Can I be honest with you? Forgive me. I, I'm going to go somewhere that, that might upset some people. Ready? I, anybody know the song Amazing Grace? Where do you think that came from? Row, row, row the boat. Ready? And what they chose is, hey, our circumstance isn't good, but we know that God is good. Amen. Come on, sing with me. How, come on. Come on. Sing it. Get up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Was blind, but now I see. Come on. Can I ask you a question? Did anybody just feel a shift in the atmosphere? Did anybody just feel a shift in the presence of God in this place? Did your circumstances change? Walked in the door. Did your troubles go away? No. 
But there's this invitation to a place of intimacy where you sing. Look, I, 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 most of you have heard me do it before, but, but I, I speak in tongues. I worship in tongues. And when things get really bad, I don't know how to do anything but worship in tongues. And I know it's offensive to some people, so I won't do it. But for me, for me, when I get to that place, I don't know what else to do but begin to, to worship and begin to praise God, begin to thank God. Does anything change in the natural? No, but everything inside of me begins to connect with this God who called me into a place of intimacy that's beyond the outer courts into the, in, uh, between the gates into the inner courts to say, hey, I'm, I'm getting closer. But because my heart has changed, it's no longer about me. It's all about who he is and how good he is and how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. And we get so stuck on negative thinking that we can't even get to the place. And all we want to do is complain to God about how bad things are. And he's saying, no, no, just thank me for who I am. Thank me for, for what I've done. Pray, praise me because it's not the end. But, but we get so hung up in our negativity that, that we don't even press in. We, 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 we back outside the, the, the courts and we back outside the gates and we stand on the outside and say, God, where are you? And he's saying what? Come on in. Bring your thanksgiving. Come on in. Bring your praise. The more you bring your thanksgiving, the more you bring your praise, the closer you're going to get to what? And it's not based on your work, but it's based on your heart. Your heart saying, God, you are the only one. You're the only one that's worthy to be thankful. You're the only one that's worthy to be praised. God, no matter what, I'm coming to you even on my... Oh, if we got a problem. We sing this song, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. And, and can, can I be honest with you? I shouldn't use this language. We suck at it. Because somehow we still think it's all about, it's all about me. Somehow it's, somehow it's all about me and what I do and how I do it. No, no, he's saying, look, just come. Just come as you are. I know who you are. I'm good with who you are. I'm inviting you into this place. You're not less than. It's my desire of intimacy. It's my, come on, let, let's get in there and give thanks. Let's get in there and, and, and give praise. And then what it says is, forgive me. I, I want to make sure I read it correctly. Be thankful and bless his. What does it mean to bless? Almost got there a second ago. What does it mean to bless? It's not what you think. To bless is to kneel before the awesomeness of who God is. Our problem is we still think Christianity is all about. How many of you guys think Christianity is all about you? Come on. Well, if you look at the word blessing in, in, in the Old Testament, if you look at, I looked it up this morning a number of times, it says to kneel in acknowledgement. God said, I want you to come into my courts, to my, my gates with thanksgiving. I want you to come into the, the courts with praise, but you better come with the right attitude. You better come in a, in a form to bless that, that you acknowledge, man. Whoa, you're an awesome, mighty God. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be worshiped. God, we just bless your name. We bless you. God, you are so good. You, you are so merciful. You are so kind. God, we just, we just simply, God, we're not coming asking for anything. We're acknowledging your greatness.
this too hard this morning? We are to bless his name. It is a posture. It's a posture that we must take. I'm speaking for myself. I'm so arrogant and prideful when it comes at times because God has blessed me God has allowed me to find favor and that sometimes I think I'm equal with him and I don't come with the posture of acknowledging his goodness, his grace, his kindness, his mercy. If Jesus would literally walk through that door at this moment, how would we respond? How would we respond? Yo, brother, what's up? Come on in, Jesus. Let's hang for a while. I'm afraid that we have, we have lost. What am I trying to say, Tara? I promise you I didn't know any of it. Go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's important because what, what happens is, honestly, this is, this is something I've heard and, and I believe it. The, the gospel has become therapeutic and not transformational. And therapeutic only lasts for a season until you have another ailment, right? You go to therapy, you get a bad back, you go to therapy, they adjust you, and ready? But it doesn't transform. And, and, I, and I believe it God's hardest to transform, but, but somehow we've lost the the allness, the reverence of, of who God is and his heart for us. And, and yes, he is closer than a friend, but we shouldn't lose the awesomeness and the wonder of the majesty of who he is. When I look at the scripture, and you hear me repeat it over and over and over again, enter his courts with thanksgiving, and, in his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise, 
be thankful and bless his name, ready? There's three reasons that you should always be able to do this. Now, what your circumstances is, no matter how great things are or how bad things are, the Bible lays out three specific things that you can always be thankful and praise God for. Anybody know what they are? Ready? Read it from Scripture. The Lord is good. Ready? Here's a revelation. The Lord is good all the time. I'm just wondering how much whiteness rubbed off on you. I know you all shout that out. Come on. Here's a reality. No matter what circumstance, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're battling, you have to understand that, that God is always good. How many of us, our opinion of God, our relationship with God is dependent upon our circumstance and situation? Come on, most of us. God is always good, and so there's a reason for me to always give thanks and to always give praise. I have never forgotten. I, I had the opportunity this week. I, I went to Walmart yesterday, and we picked up some turkeys, and it was a little bit of a chaotic mess, and, and um, there was a couple ladies at the register, and, and I, I am just who I am, and, and, uh, and, the, and the, the African-American girl, Patrice, looked at me, and she goes, you're crazy. I said, excuse me? I said, I'm a pastor. I don't expect that kind of discussion about me. You are not a pastor. Oh, yes, I am. And then Megan was working with her. Megan said, are you really a pastor? I said, yeah, I'm really a pastor. And it opened this whole dialogue. And, and what happens is they, they didn't feel like God was good because they'd been shunned and burnt by the church so many times. And so how do, we, how do we correct the thinking and, and help people understand that, that God is good and he has a plan and his purpose, but, but our obedience is tied to sometimes our understanding of his goodness. Does that make sense? And when those circumstances are bad, they say, well, look what God did. How can, how can a good God let such a bad thing happen? No, no, no. You, you chose to do dumb things. When you choose to do, do dumb things, you get dumb. Just asking. I could see me go rob a bank today and say, hey, Pastor Joe, why did you decide to rob the bank? Because every dollar says in God we trust. I trust that God will get me out of here. That's the dumbest thing in the world. But, but we, have, we have to understand that God is always good. Ready? And it says that his mercy endures for, what is Mercy. Undeserved favor, undeserved grace. What is mercy? Kindness. Ready? Can I be honest with you? How many of you guys think God is kind? You guys are not quite sure about that. How many of you guys know that God is kind and merciful? In reality, the result for sin, we should spend eternity where? Come on. If you have no other reason to, 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 to thank him for his mercy and his kindness, in reality, according to Scripture, for all that we have done wrong, we deserve a life separated from him in a place of torment for eternity. And God says, hey, no, no, you're a child of God. You may be going through a challenge. It may be challenging. But, but I promise you my mercy endures. Ready? And God, ready? Anybody have a bad day? How long have you been saved, Wayne? What, what generation, what, what, what century did you get saved in? How long have you been saved? 19, that's the year I was born. You've been saved just as long as I've been born. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Have you ever messed up? Have you ever deserved punishment? Do you think God should whack you? No, I don't want justice. You don't want justice, you want what? Thank God. Mercy, because if he's full of justice, I'd be preaching to an empty room. No, I would not. I would not even be preaching. The room would just be empty. 
So for no other reason, I can, I can thank God for his kindness because I deserve so much worse. And God says, I know that, but man, I sure love you. I sure love you. I He is good, and his mercy and kindness are for us and not against us. And his truth endures forever. What is truth? What is truth? Help me out a little bit. What is truth? Okay, let's make it a little bit shallow, a little bit smaller, break it up. What is what is truth? God is who he says he is. His promises are yes and amen. Man, if nothing else, I can rest assured that because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, that, is, that, it, that his truth endures forever, which means into what? Eternity. Which means he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. If I don't have any other reason to give thanks and to praise, it could be for those three things. Ready? Come on, that he is good, that he is merciful, and his truth is, man, he loves me from now to, ready? And when I depart from here because of my relationship with him, heaven is my, what's heaven like? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there disease in heaven? Is there sin in heaven? Is there evil in heaven? Is there hatred in heaven? Is there racial division in heaven? Is there poverty in heaven? I want you to think about it. We get so hung up on the here and now that we miss what eternity is going to look like. I was going to go on, but I won't. So what's the disconnect? What's the problem? If we know these to be truth, that God invites us into this place of intimacy with thanksgiving and his praise, and that, 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 he, that he is good and that his mercy is for us and his kindness is for us, and, and, and his truth endures forever, why do we get so nasty and negative and hung up? We're what? Afraid of what? Yeah, you're right. You're, you're both right. We focus on our circumstances and the negativity of life that surrounds us, not understanding the enemy is trying to distract us and to destroy us from the goodness of God. Joe, what is the remedy to that? I'll be brief. You don't have to turn there. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whoa, let me back up. At the top of the section in my Bible says, meditate on these things. What does it mean to meditate? Focus, what does it mean to meditate? Meditate. 
chew on it. Come on. What does it mean to meditate? It's a study and think about what does it mean to meditate? Ready? I'm going to give you a definition. Deep contemplation. How many of us have the ability to go deep with God? How many of us really have that, man, I just have to get there? It's not about doing anything. It means to turn over and around in the mind. The problem we have is we have what they call in seminary stinking thinking. God says, I I want you to meditate. I want you to, to go deep. I want you to think in silence. Can I ask you a question? How many of you like silent places? Raise your hand if you like silence. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> I like silence, but the only place I find silence is where? In, in, in the woods, in nature. I have people from time to time, Joe, what would you do today, man? I just went down to my brother's farm and I hung out in nature because it's the only place I can stop long enough to silence because the world says, let's keep busy, let's keep spinning, let's keep going, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you can't meditate and you can't go deep if you're so busy you can't breathe. Does it make sense, Wayne? Finally, brethren, whatever, ready? Finally, brethren, whatever things are good or, or true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there isn't any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The problem is when things get negative, we always focus on the what? The negative, God says, no, 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 just stop. Come back to that place, ready, where you enter his court with, things, or in his gates with thanksgiving, his court with praise. Stop. But each right now in jail. Yeah. He's in jail sending a love letter to the Philippians, praising how great God is. Maybe some of y'all need to get locked up. <laughs> I saw the way you looked at me, honey. But let's be honest. When we battle anxiety, when we battle battle fear, when we battle depression, I'm not saying some of it's not chemical. Don't, Don't go there. But in general speaking, it's because we don't take the time to meditate on the goodness of who God is. We don't take time to meditate on the things that are worthy. We don't take time to meditate on the things that are noble. We, we meditate on the things that are going wrong over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, we start in this spiral, right? And God said, no, just stop and come back where? Come back into the house and to worship me and put me first. Yes, ma'am. to do that. Right? So, 
So when you look at it, I'm going to say real quick, when you look at it, when King David was surrounded by his enemies, he said, God, do what? Smite them off the face of the earth. And then the next stanza, he says, but yet, God, if you don't, I will praise you. I will worship you. So there is this, ontima- there's this intimacy and honesty that comes out of, out of this place of, of, of thanksgiving and, 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 and praise. But, but, but it also always has to go back to God, that, that, that he is good, that he is merciful, and that his truth endures. I believe that's what got David through some of the darkest days of his life, right? And we miss that because we think we have to have all of our stuff together. And it's just not true. I'm going to share one more scripture, and then we're going to take communion for a reason. When you read Psalm 51, David created great atrocities against God. At the time of the year when men were supposed to go to war, David sinned with Bathsheba, had Uriah killed, right? Pretend like nothing happened, took Bathsheba as his own wife. Eighteen months later, the prophet comes and says, hey, David, you did these things, and what did David say? God, against you and you alone have I sinned. Father, the one thing I ask is you do not take your presence from me. Did God take his presence from David? No. David acknowledged the hardships of adultery, the hardships of murder, the hardships of all those. Have you got, like, Maybe some of y'all kill some people I don't know about. But I don't think most of us done things as bad as David's done, and yet God, he's called a God after, man after God's own. But we like to beat ourselves up on a regular basis because we still have what? Stinking thinking. Ready? Coming into the house of God is an time where it's about him to worship, to give thanks, and to give praise. In the same way, communion is not a religious ritual that we do. What is communion? Remembrance of who God is and what he has Some of the most powerful moments that I've had in my life were in the process of taking communion. I can be like anyone else. I can just take this thing off, pop it off, eat the bread, drink the wine. Oh, that was good. We had communion today. No, if you don't stop and give thanks and praise to God because you are not who you were because of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Pastor, why don't we take communion every week? Can I be honest with you? It would just become a religious ritual. And religious rituals do nothing but drive us from God and not to God. I believe communion is both personal and communal community-based. So when I go to take communion and I think about the brokenness of his body, this is by his stripes we are healed. 
and I was thinking about this in my own personal life, the things that God has healed me from. I'm, nothing, I'm not ashamed. A number of years ago, I went through a difficult challenge, and I went to see a Christian counselor in Annapolis, Maryland. And the man looked at me and said, Joe, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a pastor, and I run a nonprofit. He said, Joe, after all the trauma that you have suffered in your life, how in the world are you even alive? Joe, after all the things that you have battled, all the rejection, the hurt, the, the abuse, the, all of it, how do you even function? Because by the brokenness of his body, I am healed. It's not just a saying. It is the power of God to restore and to make whole. So, Father, this morning I sit in front of my friends, and God, I confess what you have done, and I give you thanks. Because when the world said there was no way, God, you stayed on that cross through your son. That by the punishment he took across his back, he knew that 2,000 years later that if I could believe, I would be whole. So, Father, this morning I lift my friend Teresa who can't be here with us in worship. I give you thanks for the price that you paid for her healing. Father, we lift her physical body before you. And God, I still believe in the miracle of the cross, the miracle of the resurrection, and the miracle of your healing touch. Father, this morning I lift Doc and Kathy as they prepare for the medical things that are in front of them. God, I proclaim the same belief. Because you say that everything you said is truth from here to eternity. Father, I give thanks for the price that you paid. I praise you and bless you for your love and your commitment to me. So, God, this morning I take this bread in remembrance. Oh, God. God, what a wretched sinner I was. Hell bound without knowledge of your grace and your mercy. Twenty-six years ago, I came to an understanding that by your shed blood, my sins could be forgiven. God, I know it's no surprise to you, but I still sin. So, God, I thank you what you did for me in July of 1997. 
But God, I'm going to ask you to wash me afresh again. As I present my sins before you. thank you and Father I praise you and bless you because you are who you say you are in Jesus name going to read this as our closing prayer from the great reverend Mike Elsie. He sent this to me at nine o'clock this morning. May God overwhelmingly bless our church family this day. As I am preparing for the arrival of my sister and brother-in-law later today. Give thanks to the Lord today and with every breath till we are called home. Amen. Guys, be blessed. Have a great Thanksgiving. No one be by themselves. If you need a place to go, you're more than welcome at my house. Just check with Cindy. Come on over, seriously. All day. If it's warm out, we'll probably do the redneck things like play cornhole or 